1: Welcome to the Career Confidant. We're happy to have you here today. And we are going to talk about another great topic for your career. And I know everyone's thinking about do they get where they want to go, how can they achieve their career goals? And a lot of times we get very task focused when we start to think about that. We think about, oh, I need to do this or take this class or you know, achieve these these things that are task related and we forget about the relational portion of our career advancement and that's uh, troublesome because that is probably the most important aspect of achieving what we want to achieve. Nothing is achieved alone. We're not going to get a promotion. We're not going to get a new job. We're not going to be able to start a, a business. Uh, a side gig, none of that without um, relationships. Even if you're driving for Lyft or Uber, if people don't rate you high enough, you get fired, right? So it's really all about relationships in our career, and yet a lot of times that falls off of our radar when we start thinking about career advancement. Today we're going to talk about a specific aspect of developing relationships, I guess, of communication in your workplace, and that's giving and receiving feedback, giving and receiving criticism, if you will. This is a challenge for all of us. If you are great at receiving criticism, uh, you're probably fooling yourself, um, or you've practiced and practiced and practiced what we're going to talk about today. The hard part I guess is that if you don't receive criticism if you don't actually process it metabolize it do something with it you cannot get better you can't improve now does that mean that every time someone gives us feedback or criticism it's something we need to worry about of course not however those times are probably more limited than we think The other piece is that if we're not good at receiving criticism or feedback, in addition to not maybe doing something with it, but just in the act of of receiving it, of being able to maintain our relationship with the person who's delivering it, we are going to ruin that relationship. So that person needs to be able to Say it to us, have us respond in an adult and responsive manner, and then probably to see us do something with that feedback. This is the underpinning behind that age-old interview question of what is your weakness. It's not about them trying to figure out what you don't have that they're looking for or what you know, what your weakness is. It's really about can you take criticism and do something with it. They don't want to hire someone who can't handle any criticism, right? And that's why they ask the question. They want to see, can you tell me about a time that you received criticism? How do you talk about that time? What's your voice like? What's your story like? And then what did you do with that criticism? I remember interviewing when I was just first coming out of college but I had worked all through college I'd worked in a setting where I had a lot of vocal customers and, and kind of a lot of bosses and went into an interview and the interviewer asked me tell me about a time that you've received criticism which might be the other way they ask it instead of tell me about your weaknesses and then she kind of answered it for me. She asked the question, didn't really give me time to say anything, and said, "Oh, you probably haven't. You're so young." And I don't remember how I handled that, but that that's tricky, right? When someone answers the question for you. But I know that at that point, I also actually had received criticism from the people that I I worked with, and they needed things done differently. It didn't have to be personal, right? It, and I think sometimes we think of feedback as personal. Sometimes it might come out as personal. And the we'll talk about some of the ways that we can handle that so that you can maintain your relationships. So as looking at some of the resources on this topic, and interestingly, a Fast Company article came up that talks about the psychological elements that happens to us when we receive criticism. So it talks about that you know we can know that we're wrong but we don't like to hear that we're wrong from other people. It's that protective part of our brain, defense mechanisms maybe as Freud would have coined them, right? We're to our survival and for our survival our our brain thinks that we're pretty great and it has to do that to keep us alive right to keep us moving and 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 thinking when we look at it in terms of maslow's hierarchy and you may not remember but of course you've got the psychological needs and safety and security at the bottom and receiving feedback may fall into that area for us but more likely it falls into either the area that's close to the bottom there in terms of love and belonging right everybody wants to feel like they belong somewhere and sometimes criticism can make us feel like we don't belong self esteem so that we want the respect of others and of course if they're giving us criticism we might interpret that as they don't they don't respect us and then of course at the top of maslow's hierarchy we have that self actualization where we're really looking for meaning and inner purpose. We aren't as maybe we've accepted ourselves, we aren't as needing of other people's acceptance. And yet still at that, we still even if we're self actualized, which very small percentage of the of the population fits into that category, we still need the other pieces of the triangle the love and belonging and the the self esteem so when people criticize us that's going to be our first thought is it stings why does it sting what am what am i perhaps putting out there about what's coming at me? Am I making it more personal than it needs to be? Am I inferring that the person doesn't respect me when really they're just giving me some feedback about what I've done? Our brain is going to categorize what they say quickly and go back, think about when we had criticism in the past go back to interactions with that person, it's really going to put a lot more there than is. Actually there. And of course we know that a lot of people don't give feedback well, right? A lot of people aren't going to follow the process and rules that we're going to talk about in terms of how to give feedback. And so we've got to perhaps give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt and try to see what they're wanting to add value, how they're wanting to add value for us. That assume positive intent piece comes in here. If you can assume positive intent when someone's giving you feedback, giving you criticism, it's going to be challenging, but that's probably the number one thing to do. How can you sit there and assume positive intent. Now, some tips for receiving feedback better is, interestingly, to ask for feedback more often. So instead of getting caught off guard by negative feedback or criticism, you get it more frequently, you get it more often, and you can adjust and make improvements along the way therefore hopefully getting less feedback or credit criticism so this is companies that are sending out you know that customer survey to every single customer not just the ones that they did well with but to every single customer then they're frequently getting that feedback and for you as an individual here might be some questions that you could ask so as of people that you work with. If they had to make two suggestions for improving your work, what would they be? How could you handle your projects more effectively? What could you do to make their job easier? I bet your boss would love to hear that question or your team members. If you were in my position, what would you do to show people more appreciation? That's a great one for leaders. If you were in my position, what would you do to show people more appreciation? When do I need to involve other people? And maybe how could I do a better job of prioritizing my activities? So you ask for these questions one at a time. You you don't want to get yourself into an onslaught of of negative feedback. Asking those questions, getting that feedback, and really, cultivating for yourself that feedback is integral to your growth and that you can learn and get better that idea of a growth mindset versus the idea of fixed mindset where it's, it's really all about I'm, I've, I've gotten to where I am because I'm so smart and I just need to look smarter. If you can be open to feedback and open to learning, then you can grow. So take credit for your mistakes. Be okay with not being perfect. Seek out that feedback so that you can get better at receiving it, better at processing it, better at having those conversations around receiving feedback. I think that's probably the more challenging side to be on, although there are processes and skills that we're talking going to talk about in terms of delivering feedback. That's the easier side to be on. And we can do it well, we can do it poorly, we can maintain relationships, we can break them. But it's probably going to take more work for us to assume positive intent when someone's giving us feedback and to seek out that feedback regularly. Now on the kind of personal branding front, if you don't seek out feedback, you can't tell other people what people say about you. You can't be clear about what you do that adds value because you haven't asked other people about how you add value. So this is important, not just for your performance, your relationship, your learning and your growth, but also your ability to talk about what you've done in a a more meaningful way outside of the vacuum of just, I think I was great. And really speaking to this is what other people have said about how great I am. And when you're seeking out that feedback regularly, it gives you an opportunity to gather those testimonials, gather those sound bites, and or perhaps gather them in writing someplace like LinkedIn so that you actually have what other people would say about you. Negative that you can use uh, for yourself and your own growth and positive that you can use in your branding, your cover letters, your resumes, your marketing materials, whatever it is that you do to proactively brand yourself. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how you can be better at giving feedback. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
0: Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. and Dr. Kim Turnage. You hear about it all the time compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel.
1: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your
0: favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Marie at a strategic Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant,
1: and so today we're talking about how to give and receive feedback. And we spent the first session there, section there talking about receiving and being open to that feedback, maybe seeking it out so that you get it more frequently and also have the opportunity to get the positive stuff. You know, when we hide from feedback, we also don't have the opportunity to hear the positive feedback that could help us move forward in our career, help us communicate better our unique promise of value. On the leadership side, kind of that um, feedback, giving feedback as a leader, perhaps as a, a lead, a team lead, on a kind of philosophical level, starting there and then we'll move into more specifics. A recent book um, has come out called Radical Candor, and Radical Candor written by formal Google and Apple exec um, Kim Scott. So Kim Scott, she's a coach and she wrote a book recently, Radical Candor, and it's the idea, it's a leadership style, if you will, but it's really all around giving feedback. So the idea of this is that you have a square and on one axis you have care personally. So how much do you care about your team if you're a leader or your peers, if, if you're a peer? And then how much do you challenge directly what other people are saying or doing or if they're giving you an opportunity to give them feedback, how direct are you being? So if you tend to challenge directly, but don't care, she calls your style obnoxious aggression. And we've all had these people, right, who think that they're giving you feedback and they're doing you a favor. But since they don't care and it's pretty darn obvious that they don't care really about your development it just comes off, off as aggressive and really all about them it's not anything to do really with you it's just that they want to tell you how bad you are they're not going to help you develop that they, they're not really giving you constructive criticism they're just being obnoxiously aggressive so obnoxious aggressive behavior when someone belittles, embarrasses people publicly. Sometimes it might get results short term, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. And I love the example in this article, they're talking about the Meryl Streep calendar Meryl Streep character in the Devil Wears Prada. Probably if you're male, you've never seen that, but um the the person is a magazine exec and really treats everyone like dirt. You know those leaders. You've seen those leaders. They don't care. And they're really great at challenging and and letting people know when they've done a bad job. But it just doesn't come up. It doesn't come off well. Now, when people care a lot, but they can't challenge directly, she calls it ruinous empathy. Empathy. So they don't say anything mean, never say anything mean. And in some ways, when I read Dale Carnegie, and I think if you interpret it in a certain way where it says, you know, never criticize, you might end up here where you're never challenging directly and you're just continuing to be nice. And this, she says, is the most common mistake that managers and and perhaps a lot of us make We care and we don't challenge directly because we don't want to hurt someone's feelings, but we're not letting them know that they're doing something wrong. So in the end, they may end up having worse, very much worse consequences than if we told them that what they're doing wasn't working. So you've had these leaders too, where they let everyone in the office run amok and they never say anything to anyone when they're doing things wrong and I don't know about you but when I had this leader in my life that was definitely on the far end of this scale lost a lot of credibility for this person because you see that then it means other people in the office have to pick up the slack or someone else in the office has to step up and say something where maybe it's really not their place. It's not a great leadership style. It may sound great, but we've got to find a way to give that feedback. And we'll talk about some ways to do that here in a minute. So that we're not in this place of ruinous empathy. The worst place to be, Scott says, is manipulative insincerity. So, this is when you don't care personally and you don't challenge directly so you might give praise that's insincere because you really don't care and you're not you're not really caring and paying attention to what the person's doing or maybe you give feedback in a way that's all about politics and political advantage or maybe you're just I have a leader that's too tired to care and to give feedback. This may be that leader who's really disconnected. Maybe expects someone else to do it. You know those people too, that they're insincere. They don't say things that, they, that matter. They don't give feedback, positive or negative, when it makes sense. Maybe they they do it for political gain, but not really to help, not really because they care about the person that they're giving that feedback to or about. So the best place, the ideal place to be, as Scott says, is in radical candor. So this is when we personally care, so we're high on the care scale, and we're able to challenge directly from that place of caring. So it's, I care about you, I want you to grow, and I'm going to challenge, not just individually, right, but I'm going to challenge process, challenge performance, challenge as needed so that we all improve, we all get better. Now, it's interesting because we'll talk about some specific feedback mechanisms And one of the popular ones is the feedback sandwich where you praise, then give some negative feedback and then praise again. And Scott doesn't like that. And I can see why, because a lot of times it's contrived. We try to come up with praise to make the beginning and end of the sandwich. And it doesn't always, it's not always true. It's not always authentic. So she says we do want to give more praise than criticism, but not necessarily getting fixed into that process. Although, as we'll talk about in our next segment, process can be helpful and process can give you a way to start doing some of these things if you struggle with them. If it's not a place that you're used to being, if you're that person that's in the ruinous empathy and you just need to have a, a structure to get you started. It's not the not the worst thing on earth. We want to be careful with the authenticity of the praise that we use to make that feedback sandwich. Last thoughts here from Scott, and again you can check out her book, Kim Scott Radical Candor, are to be humble and helpful offer. Guidance in person immediately, so oftentimes we can have a hard time because we think we can do this via email, doesn't work that way, or we save everything up for someone's review, again, doesn't work that way. Praise in public, know your person. Some people don't like public praise, so know your team member there. That's part of caring, right, is doing things in a way that works with people. Criticize in private. And I would say if you're asking for feedback, do that one-on-one and in private, not necessarily in a group, unless you're asking for feedback on a process or something. If you're asking for feedback for yourself personally on your own performance, do that one-on-one and in private. And if you're giving personal feedback, do that one-on-one and in private. Don't personalize, which we're going to talk about some structures and strategies to help you prevent doing that. Make it clear that, the, that it's a problem of, of behavior, not a personality flaw. And that's one of the big ones. We'll talk about that here in our next segment more in depth. And if it makes sense if it works. And perhaps this is something you can do frequently and, and maybe publicly if you're a leader is share stories of when you've been criticized. The hardest thing, I think, as a leader is to demonstrate not being perfect, to demonstrate owning your mistakes. If you're that leader who never admits that they're wrong and who has trouble ever apologizing for anything, then when you give criticism, it's going to come across a lot differently. If you are publicly clear that you're not perfect, if you admit your mistakes, it's going to be easier to give that criticism because people see that you do it for yourself too, that you have a growth mindset for yourself. You're not just expecting them to have it for themselves. So that's the main ideas there. Are you caring personally and are you challenging directly so you're in that place of radical candor? That's more of your philosophy, philosophy, mindset. And when we come back in our next segment, we're going to dive more deeply into some specific strategies or structures that you can use to give feedback more effectively. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Mm -hmm.
0: In this fast paced, technologically driven world of business, the stress can be crushing. It's exhausting business leaders and burning out good employees. It is not enough to work from the top down. We must now learn to work from the inside out. Listen to Innovative Mindful Solutions with Terry Galler. We will discuss ways to transform roadblocking emotions using mindful based tools you can incorporate into your business and your life right now. Don't stress. Tune in every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time on The Voice of America business channel voice america business network the bottom line in business you are tuned into the career confidant with marie zimanoff if you have a question or comment for marie or her guest today Please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to Marie at a strategic com. Now, back to the Career Confidant. Welcome back to the
1: Career Confidant, and today we're talking about giving and receiving feedback. So when you set off to give feedback, you're going to think about, am I coming from that place of radical candor, right? Of caring and also wanting to challenge directly to help this person grow. That motivation is important. Why are you giving feedback? Are you trying to defend your own behavior or shirk responsibility for something where you might own a little bit of it? Are you trying to make yourself feel better? or feel more powerful, or assert your position, then it's probably not going to go well. Are you in, in the right mood? Right? Do you have control of your communication style? If you're not feeling well that day, it may not be the right day to give it, and that's okay. You know, We want to give it immediately, but if it's not going to come out well because you're under a lot of stress or something, collect yourself, take a break, and if need you know if need be come back the next day because you want to be coming at it from the right place where you're committed to the cause you're committed to the other person again you want to see them grow you want to support and enhance them that the feedback is really about them if the feedback isn't really about them then it may not be the right time may not be the right feedback or it may not be really feedback that you need to give. Maybe you need to change a process or do something different and you're not. it's not really about giving that person feedback if it's not going to help them improve. This makes me think of parenting. But we want to focus on the behavior, not the person. Um, I have a little person, right? A little 18-month-old. Uh, and so I find myself correcting my own Feedback frequently, or even talking about books and movies where we say, Oh, you know, that's a naughty train, or, and some books will say that, Oh, you know, this is a naughty little bunny. Well, no, it's the behavior. The bunny is being naughty, or the child is being naughty, or your employee is being short with the customers. Not that they're a bad person or that they're a bad bunny, right? It's, we're focusing on the behavior, not the person. And this is a language thing, but it's going to address the behavior, not the person. They can improve the behavior, and you really don't know them as a person, perhaps, right? I mean, you know their work person, and you maybe know their work style, and but mostly you know their work performance, so you want to focus on that behavior, because the behavior is what you can help them improve. And really, it's about that behavior, not their personal identity or their personality. When we make it about that, or even when we start to kind of think that in our head, that this is a bad person, we're going down a bad road. It goes back to that idea of assume, assuming positive intent giving people the benefit of the doubt and not letting ourselves get to that place where we've got negative self-talk internal or external going on about their personality. Because once we've gone there, it's really hard to get back. And that's true of any relationship. I mean, you can think of a a friendship, you can think of a marriage, um, think of a work relationship where once you've gotten to that point that you are judging the person's person negatively, it's hard to get back. So be careful of that. Judge their behaviors, correct their behaviors, think about their behaviors, but be careful about how you think about them as people. Keep that as positive as you possibly can. Assume that positive intent. It's going to make you much better at giving feedback and in general, it's just going to make it a much better relationship, big picture, with that person. Lead with questions when at all possible. So starting by asking what they saw in the situation, how did they feel about that situation, and oftentimes they'll give the feedback to themselves, right? You don't have to to give feedback to a lot of people because they already know. And when you ask a question, how did they think that went? What would they have done differently? They give the feedback to themselves. They own it. They Then you can maybe collaborate on how they would do it differently. But you don't have to give the feedback. If you ask the right question and you have a thoughtful employee, which hopefully most of them are, they're going to give that feedback to themselves. I was working with a leader who was struggling with an employee that kind of spouted off at a retreat, for lack of a better word. It was a company retreat. They had a day-long training, and the employee made a few remarks to the whole group that were just kind of unprofessional, and we talked about how did she want to handle that. And she said, well, I'd start by asking her how she thought the day went and, you know, some of those things. And by asking those simple questions, the employee said, you know, oh, I kind of noticed the dirty looks when I said this or that. People typically are somewhat perceptive. And it may not stop all of the feedback that you need to give, but it will stop quite a bit of it by asking those questions and letting your employees or team members share their what they've already been thinking about how that didn't go well. You might end up with someone who wants to shove it off on someone else and, and et cetera. Then you have to go into actually giving feedback. So we'll talk about a few strategies for doing that. So the first one, a modified Sandwich, if you will. So some positive comments regarding the situation in question. So not some random praise, but staying specific to that situation. What did they do well in that situation? What were their strengths? Give, give some compliments around that. Then you're sharing the criticism. Focused on the behavior, not the person person. And reminding the person of how they could use their strong points to address that criticism. That's the other side of the sandwich, right? It's not just, again, random positive points. It's here's what they did well. Here's what you saw that didn't work. Here's how you know they can make it better because they are good at these things. And and that would make up for that criticism. So beginning with some positive comments about the situation. So we can use the example I was just giving of the manager dealing with a person who made some unprofessional comments at the retreat. So they could say, at the retreat, I really enjoyed how engaged you were and that you were sharing with the group, right? The positives that the person was sharing and interacting with the group. And maybe they'd be able to give a few more specifics there. I noticed that when you made a few of the comments, it seemed a little unprofessional or it seemed to not be taken well by some of the other leaders in the room. And I might even stop there and ask a question there. Did you feel that? Or how did that how did that look to you? And then, you know, you are a strong communicator, you say what you think. We don't want you to stop doing that. And how can we help you think about your phrasing before you say things so that it builds relationship with those around you, doesn't get in the way of that relationship. So that might be an example of a sandwich. So the idea here, and we're going to talk about one more structure that I like. And this is from creative leadership and it's simple situation behavior impact alternative so we start by talking about the situation so when this happened behavior so in this situation and this occurred or you did this it's best if you can avoid you so at the retreat there were a few remarks made that seemed to not go over so well with some of the other leaders. It's good if you can have a personal impact. So maybe instead of just saying it didn't go over well with other leaders, I could say they came across as confrontational or came across as, in a way that perhaps you didn't, didn't intend them if you're going to use feelings so sometimes people will say you know when you did this i felt this that's okay you want to avoid saying the person made you feel so when you spoke out in the meeting i felt threatened or when you spoke out at the meeting i felt upset that we hadn't talked about what we were going to say before we got in there. Whatever it is, avoid saying, when you did this, it made me feel like this. No one makes us feel anything. Their behavior can, you know, result in us feeling something, but we want to avoid that you made me feel this way. This is what they did. This is how we felt. And then the alternative what could we do differently in the future? And that can be a question, that can be something you explore collaboratively. If you're a leader, it may be something that you've already planned out that you want them to try in the future. It doesn't work as well as collaboratively problem solving with them. So that one is situation, behavior, impact, and alternative. So when this happened and you did this, I felt this, or other people in the room felt this. What can we do differently next time? Gives us the opportunity to really make sure we're addressing that behavior, not the person, but the behavior, and talk about the impact. Perhaps it's an impact on others. Perhaps it was an impact on us. And then talk about alternatives, what would work differently, better in the future. We're going to take another short break. When we come back, we'll wrap up here with some key points to think about as you are giving and receiving feedback. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
0: The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a com. Now, back to The Career Confidant.
1: Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we've been talking about giving and receiving feedback So on the receiving side of of receiving feedback, we are going to challenge ourselves to assume that positive intent, give that person the benefit of the doubt that they want to help us grow. We're going to have a growth mindset around that feedback. How can we use this to be better? We're not perfect. We're We're not the smartest that ever was. We have room and we can improve. Best way to be open to that feedback is to ask for it more regularly. Don't be afraid of it. Also, use the positives. Use the positives in that feedback that you get so that you can have little snippets, little sound bites for yourself that other people have said. It's so much more powerful than just what you say about yourself. When you're getting that feedback, make sure that you clarify. And in fact, this can be a good way to prevent yourself from reacting negatively to ask that clarification question. So when you said, this, would it be fair to, to say that you meant and felt this? Have I understood correctly that when I did this, you felt that? Ask about behavior not personality so maybe someone's not great at giving feedback and they say you know you don't know how to collaborate or you are so defensive they're attacking your personality you can ask them that question so have i understood that when i said x you felt like i was being defensive then you can change it into a behavior instead of being a personality trait and help get to something that you can work on to preserve your relationship with that person that's giving you the feedback and to help yourself kind of ward off that negative personal attack and make it about the behavior. So when someone's coming at you and they're making it all about your, your, your personality traits, how can you ask a question that clarifies what they're saying? You know, what was it that you did that created that feeling and what, what might you do in the future to improve that behavior, make it about person, make it about behavior instead of personality. So on that receiving end of feedback, you can flip the narrative there. Now, when you're on the giving side of feedback, that's where we want to live, right? We want to live in that place of giving feedback because we care and we want to help the person improve that, that radical candor. We are exploring our motivations before we give the feedback. We're also thinking about if we are in the position, perhaps, to give this person feedback. So do I have credibility in the eyes of this person that I'm giving the feedback to? If not, is someone else better positioned to give the feedback? Or how might I give it in a way that helps build credibility while I'm giving it, etc. Am I trusted by the person that I'm giving this feedback to? You really need to have some kind of relationship before you give that feedback. If at all possible, it's going to be taken better. It's going to be given better. Are, are you giving it with that good intention? Is the timing and circumstance appropriate? Again, giving that feedback in private, if it's criticism, thinking about what's appropriate for the person. If you're praising, you know, some of the literature here says praise in public. Well, I, I know there are people that don't like that. So think about what makes sense for you, the person you are, are individually praising and if public is good, great. If it's not, then then that may be something you want to do in private anyways. Is it giving in is the feedback given in an interactive manner? So are you asking questions before you dive into your feedback? Are you giving that person an opportunity to tell you what they think, what they saw, what they would change as you give the feedback? There will be other opportunities to ask those questions and engage the person in getting their perspective and in collaborating on deciding what will be done differently next time, right? It's behavior. We're talking about how we can change behavior. And so we're going to work together to figure out what might be good ways to change that behavior in the future. And I was telling you the story of my leader who had to give the young employee feedback about their interaction, the meeting, and they collaborated on how could that person help in in their mind distinguish whether the comment would be a positive comment to make in the meeting. Was it that visual of a a stop sign, you know, stop and think? What was it that was going to work for her to consider how that feedback was going to go over before giving that feedback in a group setting? And in fact, some of this discussion may have been helpful around when is it, appropriate to give criticism, and perhaps in the meeting setting was not the right time to give that criticism. Is your feedback message clear? Do you know what behavior you're addressing? And do you have a clear description of the situation? As I've been trying to give some examples, it's kind of been obvious, right, that I don't have all of the details, so I can't tell... I'm not giving the best feedback, probably. When you are the leader, you want to make sure that if you're giving feedback on a situation where you were not present, that you have the details and, again, that you ask questions so that you can get the details from that person's point of view before you give too much of your feedback. And lastly, most importantly, is that feedback helpful to the recipient? What are they going to do with it? What do you expect them to do differently because you've given them the feedback? If you can't answer those questions, it may not be the right time, may not be the right feedback, feedback may not be the right avenue for what you want to say. A lot of this comes down to intent. You might screw up on the delivery. But if you really want to help your your person, you want to mentor, you want to grow them, They're going to sense that. They're going to feel that. And even if you screw up, that intent is going to overlay your words. And if you hear yourself say something you don't mean, if you hear yourself criticize the person, not the behavior, if you hear yourself say, you made me feel this or you made others feel this, it's okay to say, wait, that didn't come out the right way. Can I try again? or, you know, wait, that's not what I meant, and try again. It's going to take practice, but if you come at it from that that good intention, you're going to be able to maintain those relationships while still helping your people do better work. We don't want to be in that place of ruinous sympathy, where we're not ever saying anything negative, we're not giving any criticism, we're not giving any feedback, we're not helping the person get better it's going to hurt them eventually that we don't coach and guide and mentor them if that's our role. If that's not our role, then perhaps we give that feedback to the person whose role it is or we find a way to create that relationship with that person, perhaps in a two-way street where you're helping them develop and they're helping you develop as peers. We are... Teeing up some great topics for you here on the Career Confidant. Look forward to seeing you back here again next week. And of course, you can always reach out to me with topic ideas or questions at Marie, M A R I E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. Look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on the Career Confidant.